Hello, everybody, and welcome to another engaging episode of Millennium Live. I'm here today with Dr. Yusuf Sharwani. He's the CEO and co-founder of Quit Genius, a personalized addiction treatment platform for your workforce, offering dynamic solutions for tobacco, vaping, alcohol, and opioid addictions. Uh, Yusuf, thank you for joining. It's great to be on here. Thank you for having me, Connor. Of course. So Quit Genius is the world's first digital clinic delivering a comprehensive medication-assisted treatment program for multiple addictions, 100% virtually. So can you bring us back maybe to what your overview of the company is and maybe what the mission is to what when you first started the company back in 2017? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our mission is pretty simple. And in a nutshell, it's really to help 100 million people conquer their substance addiction. Um, a bit of context as to why that's important to me and why that is our mission in the first place is um, that I'm a medical doctor by background. So I have an incredibly close personal connection to our mission. Um, it's both through having seen people I've known actually go through a substance use disorder crisis early in my medical training. And then also on the front lines as a doctor, um, just seeing some of the challenges that my own patients would experience. And what I mean by that is as doctors, we're very good at labeling people with a diagnosis and saying, hey, you are drinking too much, you're smoking, you have this unhealthy diet, um, it's going to lead to all sorts of chronic conditions. But what where we fall incredibly short is when it comes to actually delivering the comprehensive and end-to-end -end chronic condition care, particularly for stigmatized issues like a substance use disorder. There's this implication that it is a willpower issue where it's just a you know a defect for the problem uh, for the person altogether. And as a result, fewer than 10% of the 40 million Americans with a substance addiction actually get access to evidence-based care. Um, and we know that's incredibly expensive and it has hugely detrimental um, effects to themselves and their families. Um, and that's why we made it our mission um, really to help 100 million people conquer their addiction by radically changing that underlying care delivery model. Um, so bringing a much more uh, newer and innovative approach um, to a field that really hasn't changed very much at all in decades. Mm. Well, so obviously substance use has impacts on the user themselves, but what impacts does substance use have amongst the workforce and maybe have on the employers that, that, they, that they work for? So our starting point has always been that everybody deserves access to evidence-based substance use disorder treatment. Um, and not only is it the right thing to do for an employer, but it actually has an incredibly strong business case behind it. Um, so it's something that is going to lead to a return to the organization that's investing in this area. And it's not going to break the bank. It can actually be incredibly cost effective. So starting with the most obvious sort of saving, it's, it's actually healthcare costs. Um, we know today that 10% of people um, get access to treatment, which means 90% of people get nothing. And then those people typically cost two to three times more in untreated healthcare costs. Um, so that itself is incredibly expensive. And there is a real return for engaging people um, in care. Um, on top of that, there's things to do with absenteeism, um, retention and turnover in some industries. It's incredibly difficult to actually hire people that will pass a drug screen um, in the first place. So it can lead to a high turnover environment, particularly if there's a culture of drinking or drug use. Um, there's a safety component. Many of our clients today are manufacturing companies, construction companies. Um, they take safety incredibly seriously. If you're an energy company, it is one of your top priorities. Um, so there's that component. And then there's the very real productivity impact, which is 
um, you know, today many organizations are remote um, or they're hybrid in some way. And it's really difficult to actually tell that these cases are, are happening in the first place. Um, and it does lead to real productivity impact. So um, there are numerous different cost buck buckets. It really depends on the organization specifically. But sort of the, the main point here is that there are actually substantial savings for every organization to invest in better substance use um, disorder treatment. Of course. And so, you know, speaking of working remotely, you know, we all know the effects of COVID-19 and how what the pandemic did and shifting uh, working from home and, of course, being home and having to stay there certainly had its impact on how people started to use uh, substances more often, more regularly. So what are some of the lingering effects uh, that uh, have been impacted by substance use? Yeah, so I think at this point, you know, unfortunately, people do know that addiction has been trending upwards for decades. Um, uh, you know, we see it in the newspaper, on the news, um, amongst people that we know. Um, what few people actually grasp is just how much it accelerated over the past couple of years in particular. Um, so there are some truly ter terrifying stats. Um, uh, you know, 13% of Americans reported increasing substance use as a way of coping with COVID-related stress. Um, um, and then 2021 was the worst year in drug history, where overdose deaths mm. from opioid use um, actually topped 100,000 for the very first time. So about 20% of all the opioid-related overdose deaths over the last 20 years um, happened in the last 12 months. Um, so it's a problem that's getting worse. It's not getting better right now. Um, there's a lot that needs to be done to really tackle the root cause of this. That's the, that's that's an awful number. So how does a, how does Quit Genius substance care differ from, say, a traditional treatment option such as, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous? I know they're they there's solutions there that have gone virtual for for those AA members or or rehab facilities, how does Quit Genius um, differ from them? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and the focus for Quit Genius isn't necessarily um, to switch people from one form of treatment to another. Um, you know, we do provide access to the most evidence-based form of, um, of treatment, but, um, you know, fundamentally 90% of people who need access to care just aren't getting it right. Um, and that is um, a real problem with our healthcare system today. Um, so um, our focus really is around care access, it's opening up access. We know that those people are much more expensive in terms of total cost of healthcare um, when they're not in treatment. So um, just opening substance use care to the 90% of people who don't have access to it is, is really the first thing. The second is care quality. So unfortunately of the 10 people who get 10% of um, people with a substance use disorder who do get access to treatment, um, fewer than 15% actually get access to evidence-based treatment. Um, so they might be using forms of um, treatment that actually aren't super effective. Um, now, things like AA and peer support can be incredibly effective in a certain circumstance, but it, it's typically not a replacement for medication-assisted treatment or proper counseling and psychological support. Um, so ensuring that people get access to high-quality treatment is really important. Um, and then there's an equity component, which is unfortunately um, STD actually affects um, people from minorities disproportionately because they're often the people who find it most difficult to actually access care. And as we look at some of the subgroups that have really suffered over the past couple of years, it's typically been um, more minority groups. So the way really that we, we differ is um, by changing the care delivery model um, 
but not un ultimately reinventing the wheel. And what I mean by that is there are forms of treatment that have been known to be incredibly effective, things like FDA approved medication um, and counseling. And all we do at Quit Genius is we found a way to really offer that at scale at very high quality virtually, instead of having to go in person. Um, and focus instead on, on getting people um, into care at the moments that they need it the most. So instead of waiting 21 to 30 days in order to access an appointment, you can access a counselor within 24 hours and you can do so virtually um, and in a supported environment as well. So um, we're using therapies that we know to be effective, but we're delivering them virtually. And we're focusing by doing that um, on opening our access, uh, delivering high quality care and ensuring that people that need it the most are the ones that are getting access to treatment. That's awesome, you know, to provide that access and quality uh, and in such a timely manner. Now, I know we're, we're talking about this a lot, but the 10% of people who are getting treatment, let's focus on those 90%. So how do we get employees to actually use an addiction service? You know, most are unwilling to even admit that they need help or are afraid to come forward because they're worried about confidential confidentiality concerns. So in what ways can can we help organizations and employees use such a great platform like Quit Genius? That's a great question, um, and and really, actually, it's it's a nuanced question because um, unfortunately, there's no silver bullet um, that I can talk about over here. Um, mm -hmm. I think it really comes down to doing a number of things very very well. So you know, of course, there's a data component to it, right? Um, <clears throat> What we're very good at is clinically targeting our communication to people through claims and pharmacy data who we know are most at risk um, and highest likelihood to actually either go into you know out-of-state expensive rehab facilities which aren't going to lead to outcomes um, or perhaps perhaps you know aren't coming forward um, with this issue but there is an underlying issue here that's really costing the organization um, a lot of money um, alongside other costs so you know that's the sort of very data-driven component of clinical targeting and the sophisticated, um, you know, communications methodology that we employ. But fundamentally, I think there is um, a more important piece of this overall strategy, which is really destigmatizing addiction, um, and that comes down to educating individuals um, by working with institutions and, and working with Quit Genius to reduce the stigma and change how people think and feel about addiction. And it's as simple as starting to have a conversation and recognize that actually addiction is a chronic condition that requires appropriate support and management, not moral failing. Um, we don't penalize people for having diabetes or for having heart disease, and neither should we do so for a substance use disorder in the, um, in the workplace. So that type of manager training and supportive material that we provide actually goes a long way in having an open conversation and saying that if you come forward, this isn't a punitive program that's available to you. It's not going to result in you losing your job. This We're here as a supportive organization to really help you through one of the most challenging experiences of your life. Um, we, we, you know, in our communication campaign, for instance, we alter the language that we use in the workplace, and it's really focused on breaking down barriers by providing, ensuring people are able to access um, treatment safely and confidentially, um, and they don't have any fear of, of repercussion. Um, so really, again, it's doing a number of things very, very well. It's working with the Quit Genius communication experts, um, creating an engagement strategy that is specific to your organization, you know, your industry, your geography, um, your people, um, and then using that to actually drive engagement and ensure that they feel, you know, your employees who, who are going through this challenge actually feel um, safe, supported, um, and that their confidentiality will be respected. And what I will say as well, just as a sort of final point around that out, is that um, 
you know, many people assume that actually the stigma is too great to break down in our generation, for instance, or it's not something that we're going to really be able to change a nation's approach to it. And they're right, I would say. Um, but with the caveat that we have seen that the organizations that we work with, and we today work with over 100 organizations across so many different verticals, industries, um, and geographies, um, the organizations that employ these strategies are actually able to have um, a pretty radical change in, in openness about this and, and people coming forward and being able to engage in treatment and then seeing the returns from a cost and from a safety perspective as well. So it's not about changing a nation. It's not about changing everybody. It's about changing the culture of your organization. And that's actually something that is a benefit director as a CHRO. You can actually have a very, very real impact. And we see this today um, in some of our best performing clients who've really been able to engage people in this. And it's it's just great. Like, the stories that they get back um, from their employees are, are truly um, moving. Um, and um, it's, it's great to see that impact you can actually have um, when, when you work in, in, in benefits or in, in HR. Yeah, I mean, that's terrific. And it's, it's not only that, but it's awesome just to know when, someone, and when your employees are doing well and it's only gonna better the organization. In terms of access in the workplace, what what are like the employer requirements when it comes to providing these you know providing support for employees who have addiction so, so as with many things in benefit it's less of a legal requirement to intervene necessarily and more around what is the cost of not providing access to support in the first place how much more am i going to be paying in healthcare claims um which is a very substantial sort of component one of the top five chronic conditions typically drive driving underlying claims. Um, and what is the impact with 50% of all safety incidents um, being down to drug use or alcohol? Um, so we, we typically think about it more in terms of opportunity cost. Of course, there is no legal mandate saying that, hey, you have to provide this program. Some employers in a more safety conscious environment where there is regular drug testing might have a mandatory referral process where people might be referred into the Quit Genius program if they have had a positive screen. Um, but fundamentally, we just believe that everybody deserves access to addiction treatment and it will decrease costs and actually lead to real business success. Um, and ultimately, that is. Um, you know, something that people, uh, you know, as, as an employee or as an HR person, you do have a fiduciary duty to um, to ensure that you're investing in programs that actually improve business performance in the long term. And, and that's exactly what we're trying to do over here. Yeah. And so how does Quit Genius work with an employer's uh, benefits or uh, benefits program or an HR department to optimize all the benefits that are available? So one of the things that we're very sensitive about is not being siloed within an employer's benefit ecosystem. We recognize that they're typically investing in these great programs with the best of intentions to really make a difference to their population. Um, and it's not helpful for Quit Genius to be on its own and not to be integrating with their EAP or their wellness vendor or their on-site um, clinic. And, and this is actually all things that we do today. So we have a program called our Addiction Care Navigation Program, which is all about integrating and understanding are there primary care physicians, are there, um, is there an on-site clinic? Are there other people involved in your care? Have you come to an EAP first? Is there a methodology to actually refer people from the health plan? Um, so, so we would actually, through this flexible program, integrate with your existing solution. Um, typically, what we find is we're often some of the first people to identify that there's an underlying mental health illness. It might manifest in a drinking problem, for instance. Um, so, you know, if 
that is found and you have invested in a mental health resource, then we can ensure that we refer to them and we coordinate care in the long term as well. The same applies to things like a diabetes program or an MSK program that's often popular um, in employers. Um, the other component is also recognizing that typically about 90% of cases where substance use disorder can be treated through the Quit Genius Virtual Program, but oftentimes there might be people who require a higher level of care. Um, so we're very focused on actually triaging and ensuring that we can, um, using a very comprehensive assessment process, ensure we understand where people form a continuum of addiction care. And if they need high levels of care, we can refer back into an in-network provider to avoid the costly outpatient um, uh, you know, component that would come of, uh, from, from somebody going solo there. Um, so um, it really is about just taking a very integrated and nuanced approach. There's no one size fits all. Everybody has built their benefit ecosystem slightly differently. Um, so what we can do is integrate with that and ensure that, you know, the best practices that we found to be successful for organizations similar to yours um, are what's actually carried out. And that's, that's incredible. It's great that you can integrate in such in such ways so in terms of that you know how are employers informed of maybe an employee's progress and how they're doing or is this uh is this more of a confidential issue yeah so there's a few layers to this and and we all know about hipaa um so it's all about protecting um an individual's um health information um and that very much applies in this case so there's a lot that we can share a lot that we can't share really um with substance use disorder there's actually an additional piece of legislation um where an individual actually you know member needs to give additional consent because it's very sensitive information it's very stigmatizing information um so there are a couple of ways that we keep employees informed of progress first of all we actually want to that we're reducing cost of claims. So we actually try to do a baseline claims analysis and then actually um, all retrospectively over time look at the performance of the Quit Genius program and actually see if the population we've engaged has really reduced claims. And we're typically able to do that and post great results. Um, and then um, we have a great client strategy team that will work with you to figure out what are your enrollment goals? How big of an impact do you want to have in your population? What are some of the channels and levers that we can pull over here? Um, and then they will, um, through uh, monthly meetings and quarterly business reviews, be able to um, keep you informed on how many people enrolled in the program. Um, because we biochemically test the success of people in the program, um, we're able to actually say whether or not they're uh, you know, the clinical outcomes are sort of better than normal or worse than normal and, and why that might potentially be. Um, and then the other component is we have very strict performance guarantees because we use a value-based care payment system. So we'll only be charging for a hit in certain clinical outcomes. Um, and we again report that on a regular basis. So it's all aggregated data that's reported back to an employer. What we don't do is, you know, of course, for, for the obvious reasons, report, hey, so-and-so is enrolled into the program and this has been their result. Um, that would break trust with the member and, of course, with the organization and uh, not be conducive to that employee-employer relationship. Of course. And, and, and I'm curious uh, as to um, if would this be available just for the employees of the company or does this expand to perhaps the members of their household or their, their family members? You know, is this available? Is there a certain age limit? perhaps even to qualify for these programs? Let's say that the employee X has a, you know, a kid or 18 year old who might be, you know, exploring drug use or, or alcohol use. So is this available beyond the employee? Yeah, really good question. So starting maybe with age, um, the, the medication and the methodology we use is typically FDA approved for 18 and above. So um, the program supports really 
um, everybody 18 and above. Um, in terms of who specifically, um, this is really up to the employer themselves. Um, so many of our clients actually make it available to an entire population going beyond just medically enrolled. Um, they'll also make it available to dependents, to spouses, um, to people maybe not enrolled in the health plan itself. Um, other employers might decide that actually this is just because there's a sort of healthcare financial component going to be available to people who are medically enrolled, but also their dependents who are medically enrolled as well. Um, so really, it's it's down to the employer to determine based on their strategy and their goals, um, what is the population they want to make it available to. And then, you know, for that population, it's typically available to everybody above the ages of 80. Well, that's that's incredible. I'm I'm kind of blown away by that. So um, I can't let you go now without asking you one last question, and it's um, it's one Yusuf that I'd kind of like to ask all my interviewees um, about the future and where do you see, you know, where do you see Quit Genius going in the future in terms of the progress that and 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 reach that you're able to to um, you know, change the lives of those who are impacted by substance use. I, you have quite a, an amazing mission. So I'm really curious as to where you see you know, the next decade with this and beyond. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and um, in many ways, it really comes down to our mission. Um, you know, our, our mission is pretty clear. Um, it's, you know, again, to help 100 million people conquer their addiction. Um, and what we realize is for us to do that, um, you know, we, we, we need to first have a local impact. We need to have an impact in our own country, you know, across the U.S. So, um, you know, the next decade, it's really continuing to innovate um, and make progress on, on what we've already done. Like, you know, so some of the things we were very good at um, in early days is just radically rethinking that underlying care delivery model and basically defining an entirely new category for integrated substance use care. Um, and that's what we refer to our program overall as it's, it's around helping individuals with multiple addictions, multiple comorbidities across the continuum of care, taking a very integrated approach um, to work with an employer's own ecosystem. I think if we're really able to make that vision become a reality and ensure that anybody could get access to the Quick Genius program, irrespective of who they work um, for, whether they're on, um, you know, employer-sponsored uh, system or, or, or elsewhere, um, they'll continue to get access to the program. I think that will be a huge win, and it will ensure that um, ultimately we can really make a dent on this sort of national um, epidemic that we face. Unfortunately, um, where um, you know the trend has all been in the wrong direction. So, you know, success to me a decade from now would be um, the headlines saying that actually um, we conquered the addiction epidemic. You know, we made a difference and it was through a concerted effort um, led by employers um, that resulted in us actually getting that. Um, that would be success. And, and that ultimately is why I went into medicine in the first place and, and then migrated more to the te technology side of things. Well, that's awesome. I, I love to hear that. And just uh, an amazing mission. I'm glad you started the journey and the lives that you're going to affect with this. So Dr. Yusuf Shawani, thank you very much for joining Millennium Live. Uh, I look forward to hearing the amazing things that you're going to do. Thank you for having me, Connor. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Millennium Live to listen and learn on life and leadership.